All right, we are live for an episode 45 special, we hope. 45 and a half. 40, well, the earlier one doesn't count as an episode that counts as an official live show that we talked shop with. Yep. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm trying to share the posts on Facebook as we get geared up and ready to go here. Um, yeah, I'm out of breath still. <laughs> So swing in the midst of conditioning. Get pumped up for the podcast. Did a lot of drugs. Yeah. Whoa. That was a joke. I thought I could make that joke and it, it didn't it didn't land. It did not, um, did not anyway. Hopefully we have Dion joining us momentarily. Uh the link has been sent out, so second time is a charm, and we'll see. Um sounds good. He did uh say that he got pulled into a conference call. Uh early early this morning that's why he didn't come on earlier so um yeah if you want to get on the show or have your comment shown we might throw it on the screen if you have a good one in in the twitter facebook or youtube chats maybe we'll ask him a question that you might have or a comment as long as you uh keep it simple stupid don't say anything really stupid don't ask any ridiculously off-base questions, that kind of stuff. Um, Correct, obviously. Yeah, uh, Illinois plays tomorrow, right? Is that is today still Friday? Yeah, eleven a.m. Um, this, this is their first. Friday. This is their first eleven a.m. start in a game that mattered. So they did, played an eleven against uh, somebody in the first three games. Do you think they'll come out fired up, or I mean, yeah, always, I think they will. Always. Uh, Early games are always weird. They seem to always start slow. So I think they start slow in every game, if we're being honest. Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, and usually the other team with them starts slow. So Illinois kind of dictates the pace in a lot of games, but it's always a slow one to start. Yeah. Like when was one game where they were up and down the floor flying around from the beginning to the end? Duke. That was the game where they did that. They did do that against Duke. Yeah. That Adam Miller pass to DeMonte early on. Yeah. Was uh yeah. Quite, quite good. I if it, that's just me though. That's if I say so myself. Um, yeah, they, uh, they, they, they play good basketball. What? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. How's uh, everybody doing out there in viewer land? Are you excited that Dion's coming on? So I'm yeah. excited. Could have said that earlier. <laughs> what? Nothing. That was excited. Yeah, whatever. I, don't I didn't know. do any. I didn't do any wind sprints like Ethan. But, you know, our setups are dark, and it's actually dark outside now. My setup looks less bad due to the darkness. Uh, That's factor. true. You don't look like you're in a warehouse tonight. Well, I still kind of do. You got the totes behind me and <laughs> treadmill over there. True. And a table where my setup was gonna be, but it's so bad over there that that can't happen. Just looks terrible, uh, but I do have an Illini flag behind me, which I don't think you have, uh, and I definitely purchased that myself. I was going to say, did you buy that? That was watch party purpose. Uh, yeah, you know how it is. It's a write off. I'll make sure I claim it on my taxes. You probably shouldn't say that on the air. Why? <laughs> this is a business expense. It's not. We're out here growing a brand. It's not a real business, but what? We're growing a brand. You can say what you want. I guess uh, <laughs> all that re- all the revenue we're making. Well, we made like. 27 cents 
so far. It's up there. I'll tell you that right now. It is uh, skyrocketing. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, I hope my screen do, does it look dark now. I'm yep. checking my email. You know how it is. Twenty twenty one. What's what's the year? How many monitors do you have? Seven forty two. Okay. I'm gonna stall again, I guess. Um, <laughs> seven, seven viewers already. Yeah. Early viewership. <laughs> Feel free. Do you guys uh, have any questions you would like us to ask? Feel free to throw them in the chat. We'll, or questions that you'd like us to answer we'll because we are the experts. We are the experts. Um, pretty much. Nobody, probably. and I mean nobody, does it better than we do. That's true. I mean, don't sound arrogant or anything. Well, do you want to sit here in silence for a few minutes just to kind of get ready? Um, so it starts now. <laughs> All right. Well, that got awkward. It was supposed to be silent. Or I could do this to you. you uh, they're a line did get put out. Illinois is minus six uh, tomorrow. That so. seems high. Why? Does that not seem really high? Ohio State's another ranked team. Uh, home court mm-hmm. doesn't even mean that much. True. Illinois stumbled in the last game. True. Seems high. I would have thought like four. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think it's they, they expect a bounce back game, you know. Yeah, they'll probably cover or, that. Or maybe, know. you know. I just felt like it'd be lower. Yeah. Maybe Vegas wants money on Ohio State. I mean, they kind of know how to how to do lines to make sure they get the money they want. You always hear that, but like, come on. What uh, you, no what one ever a really professional knows. gambler has told me before. No one ever really you knows. You know who I'm talking about. I don't, but I'll go with it. I was looking at, I was looking at the crowd. Okay. Not you. Good. Cause I didn't get the, <laughs> the, 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 the deal. Yeah, yep. No. Good but, team's um, off, a, off a loss. And Illinois is a good team in your eyes. Great. Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) They should be great. I was just going to say mediocre, but it's a joke. It's a joke. joke. Wow. So, (laughs) this is like deja vu all over again. No, it's not. Okay. I'll stay on here for five hours if that's what it takes. That's what it takes. You know, we're here. Here to entertain. This is not entertaining. Oh. Well, won't you go ahead and send in those uh, cues and and such. Um, what do you want me to send do? Send in those cues, people out there in the uh, universe. Good teams off a loss. I didn't even see that. Yeah, you don't pay attention. I, I, I can't. I don't ever see those all the way. It's not my fault. It's your fault, but that's fine. <clears throat> it is entertaining. Well, I, <laughs> that's a stretch, but we uh, we appreciate the compliment. We're, if we're that's who you were going for, even though the, you know there was a laughing face to end. So, I, if he wasn't serious, I wouldn't be surprised because you know I agree. Mm-hmm. Um. So. It appears if we will be joined by him in about five minutes is what I'm being told. Five so, minutes. Okay, guys. So get ready. Five minutes. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, hey, everybody, you know, 
you know, he's, maybe, he's we should, maybe we should have prepped a better intro into him coming. Uh, yeah, I think that would have been a good idea, but it's a little late for that. So swing and a miss by us. But, you know, by me, really. But, you know, I was going to say, I don't know about us. but Well, I thought we were a collective team here. <laughs> Are we not? A, like a half team. All righty then. Sounds good. Thanks. So uh, yeah, if you got any questions for them, we'll keep them in here and throw them up if they're worthy of that. Doesn't seem like anyone's taking me up on that offer, which is weird because, I mean, this is a good time to ask a question if you got it. About the team, about the game, about the sport. Thoughts on Brad's comments. Did you see them? Because I didn't. All I, I saw was I that Frazier's going to play. <laughs> all I saw is that Frazier's going to play. That's all Frazier's I saw. in. And then he also was like excited or like in a good mood or something. And I think Joey Wagner is a fellow Packer fan, as am I. And he said something about reminding Brad Underwood that the league MVP resides at 1265 Lombardi. So, you know, wow. I tend to agree with that. Um, because the Bears are irrelevant and garbage. Are you trying to say that Underwood's a fan? <clears throat> well, it's Illinois, so I think I feel like every time, like Bielema or Bielma, I guess is how it's pronounced, the new head football honcho coach. He said he panders to everybody. No, that's what you do when you become the coach. We just exactly. He said, "I'm glad you guys don't know." S H I T. All right. I mean, you can say it. No, no, no. We have two um, kids watching. As in, as in the people asking questions, were they actually asking hard-hitting questions? Because they never seem to. There's no way. It's like, Brad, you won the game. Your thoughts? Okay. Just like you know, thinking back to Io's freshman year, like, like how much better is he now than he was then? Wow, that's a that's a hard hitter right there. I think Hunter was got to take a second to think about that one. <laughs> <clears throat> True. Just like overall, offensively, should you guys give the ball to Io and Kofi over the rest of the guys or no? I mean, I assume that he was saying that because people were questioning him, but didn't he take the blame for the for the loss? He said he'll take most of it. Oh. <laughs> most of it. Completely different, right? Which I do agree. I mean, you can't blame it all on a coach. It's really never all a coach's fault. Um, because there was a lot of things that went wrong in that game that I would say weren't something that Underwood would be at fault for. Like, I don't think that he told Curbelo to keep shooting, and he probably – do you think he told him to not shoot it as much? Probably not. But, you know, it's, it's at, at some point it's up to the players to uh, figure out is uh, high school basketball coming back for any of the I, uh, coaches out there that know the insides? I'm glad you weren't asking me that because I would have just said I don't care. But it is important, I guess, you know, now that we have to act like we care about high school basketball. Uh, Brad Underwood said that their livelihoods are based upon high school prospects. So it means a lot to – the coaches. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I just I wouldn't watch the game unless Illinois had a big five star recruit coming in. Well, that's disappointing. Yeah, this state 
is, uh, you know, you know how it is. It sounds like Underwood's trying to push for it. So they should, have, they should have brought it back when they had the chance, a.k.a. in November. Once you start, you can figure out how to get through it. And I know high school sports aren't a professional deal, but come on. He also said today, I think one of the dumbest rules of all time is kids have to sit down on the bench. Agree? What? Like he – like. Kids can't get up and cheer without getting warnings. For what and what? Like during the game, cheering for their teammates. In what sport? Basketball. In what league? Any. I don't understand. How is that a rule? What do you mean? Like you, your bench can get warnings for standing up and not letting people see and stuff. Is that still a thing? And there's no fans. Basketball is considered a high risk sport. Hmm. I saw that a kid Illinois was going after. They are all wearing masks while they play high school basketball. So, all right, we got them on here. So, all right, and uh, joining us right now is Illini basketball legend Dion Thomas. Dion, how's it going? Going well, it's going well, Ethan. How are you and Tyler yourself? Tyler, I love that shirt, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it's going that. Well. Yeah. It's been uh it's been a long day, but you know, we finally finally got together. Uh sorry we couldn't get on earlier. Um, you know, uh schedules cross and do things, so but that happens. So call work, brother. You know, they, they call you they call you at some of the most inopportune times. But- yep, yep. <laughs> That happened. Yeah, we're on, so that's the important part. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we sure appreciate it. Um, we just kind of want to talk to you a little bit. Um, you know, we kind of started this uh, basketball podcast uh, last year, and we've kind of been going with it. And, um, you know, we, we like to get other people on, and, you know, we appreciate you taking your time. Um, want to talk a little bit about your playing days at Illini and then kind of your thoughts on the team uh, that we have right now. Um, if that's all right with you. Sure. Let's get it. Right. Where are you going, baby? All right. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I got a group of buddies. We always text each other, you know, during games, things like that. So when I said you were coming on, uh, the first question that my buddy Adam asked me was uh, to ask you was, do you think anybody will ever beat your scoring record with a, with a, with 2,129 points? Um, you know, the last person that was close was Malcolm Hill. Uh, in 2017, just with the state of basketball um, at the college level, you know, kids don't stay all four years if they're good enough. Um, do you think that it's possible that uh, somebody reaches 2000 or even gets past it? Well, um, first of all, I'll tell you, buddy, that's a great question because I've been <laughs> asked that um, actually a few times. And you, the, the, the difficulty will be the state of today's basketball, as you <laughs> mentioned. I mean, kids have one. I mean, players come in and they have one or two good years and they're normally out. So I hope so, um, because, you know, I I was fortunate enough. Eddie Johnson called me the night I broke the record. um, And it was a great feeling to hear from one of the Illinois greats when when I eclipsed his uh, scoring title. I I would hope so. But, man, it's going to be tough because (laughs) – that's just not the way of the world today, but right. I got my fingers crossed that somebody will. 
Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so while you were at Illinois, uh, you know, I just looking over your stats and stuff. Um, I noticed you never made a first team, all big 10, um, your junior and senior year, you average 18, 19 points, eight to seven rebounds. Um, do you, do you think that the big 10 was just better back then? Do you think you were snubbed a little bit with that? Or, I mean, when, I know you're not a guy to hold grudges, but, um, <laughs> You know, it just kind of shocked me when I was looking through, you know, old statistics and stuff like that. So. Well, what, what, what I know, Tyler, is I was at the top of everybody's scouting report. Sure. <laughs> sure. And you're still doing what you were doing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, we uh, there was some double teams and some triple teams going there. But, you know, the Big Ten was really good, man. Yeah. And, you know, I couldn't to be honest, I couldn't tell you who was on those first teams. Uh, but if they were there, they had to have had some hell of a careers, man. And um, sure. there's always a, a, a feeling of a little snuffage on there, man. You know that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, we feel a little bit. I know, you know, now it probably doesn't mean, like you said, you can't remember the guys that were on it. But, um, you know, I, it, it just was one of those things that popped out of me that, you know, that you, you never did. So, it, you know, it was surprising, to be honest. But. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm sure I received some votes, but sure, sure. I mean, you have so many people voting. Like now, I mean, I vote for – I have a vote in the Big Ten Player of the Year and all Big Ten teams. And, mm-hmm. you know, there have been some kids – some kids, some players that I've voted for that I felt were were deserving and, and should have been on there. I mean, let's take Anthony Cowell in his freshman year. I, I, I've actually voted him really high, and he didn't get as high as I had voted him um, – Mm-hmm. And a few other guys. It, it just happens because there's just so many people voting. But the honor is to actually be recognized and make that first, you know, and make the all Big Ten team. And I was fortunate enough to have done it all four years right. um, when I played. So I, I never looked at it as um, not getting on or getting on. But as long as I was there, I was never pat on the back, big fella. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, after your time at Illinois, um, you know, you, you never – you, you seem to, you really loved going to Europe and playing over there. Um, you know, had a few times that you could have came back and played in the NBA, uh, you know, with your time there, do you think that more kids should try to pursue something like that? I know it's, I know it's gotta be hard to, you know, move across the ocean and, you know, try to make something of a career, but, uh, you know, do you think that kids should be looking towards that more, um, rather than, you know, trying to, trying to make it here? Well, I'll tell you what I see. Um, because when I came out and I got drafted, I mean, I, I could have stayed and played here, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had, I wanted to see more. I, I wanted to explore and be able to see the world. You know, coming off the west side of Chicago, man, that, that's, <laughs> that's about all I saw. Sure. <laughs> so, let's just be honest. Absolutely. So I, I took that opportunity, and then you know, then the NBA went on strike in '95, and after that, I, I just really kind of fell in love with where I was. So your question is if other kids should pursue that. Um, I I think kids should try to pursue their goals, but be realistic at the same time. You know, I I am not a big fan of, because I think we do this, um, guys do this for one, really one reason. Yes, you love the game and everybody pretty much playing the game, loves the game, but you do this to make sure that at the end of your career, you can do whatever you want to do or not what you have to do. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys end up tra- chasing that NBA dream and they never get to the point where when they're done, they can do what they 
want to do. They get yeah. jobs and do things that they have to do. So now you're not happy in your job when you're 30, you know, you're 35, 40 years old. You're, you're not happy with what you're doing. So now it kind of throws off everything. So I would like for them to think more long term. And if they have an opportunity to make a really, really good living overseas, then yeah, I think they should pursue it instead of, you know, unless you and your agent will know this, being contacted and put in positions where you're going to be able to go up one day to the NBA. Chasing that dream, man, is hard, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone that comes out at some point thinks they can play in the NBA. But that NBA is full of guys that are really special. And, and then there's not just the guys that are there. You got to deal with the guys that are coming from overseas. You always have a new crop of guys coming up. And there's also the politics and the handshaking that also goes on uh, in the NBA uh, and in those backboard rooms that you also have to be aware of. So I, I would like guys to think more uh, widely about their options. And if they have a real shot at the league, you stay. But if you have an outside shot, man, and you can get an opportunity to have the life that I had, um, see all the things that I've seen. Um, I mean, my wife and my both of my daughters were born there. And when I retired from there, as Jimmy Collins told me, make sure you're able to do what you want to do and not what you have to do. I've, I've been able to do what I want to do. And that's what's important. That's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, Talking about Jimmy Collins, you know, we lost him and Lou Henson last year. Um, you know, just can you tell us what it was like playing for Lou? And, you know, I know that a lot of the flying Illini guys were tweeting about Jimmy Collins and how he's more of more of a father figure than just a coach. Um, just, you know, how they impacted your life and what it was like to play for those guys. Um, well, I mean, let's that, let's just talk about, you know, Coach Collins really saw me. I believe it was my, my no, I don't believe it was my freshman year at high school when he was recruiting Nick Anderson and Irvin Small um, out of Simeon. And, and over that time, and a lot of those guys are right, he wasn't just a coach. Um, I, I spoke at his funeral, and as I told everybody that was sitting in that stands, that was my dad. You know, he was more like a dad than not even a father figure. I mean, he's just always there and in my life since I was 15 years old. Um, and, and there's no, there's not really a measuring stick of how important he was to me as well as to other guys. But to play for he and, and Coach Henson was absolutely amazing. Um, and the reason it was because not just what we did on the basketball court, um, it's all the life lessons that both he and Coach Henson would always try to instill in us as players. And I will be honest. I mean, I didn't recognize what Coach Henson was trying to do until after I was never that age, right? Until I was out of Illinois, then I realized all of of what he was trying to tell us. Plus, the you know the hierarchy and the things in coaching was different back then. Mm -hmm. So really, the assistant coaches, which is where most of our relationships were formed, and then Coach Henson was kind of on you know at the top of that heap. You know, when you were going to see Coach Henson, you know. it would normally wasn't for something pretty, something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so my, it was great plan for coach. Um, Cause if you go back and you look at um, during my time and we all know my, we lost my freshman year, I couldn't play. Then we lost opportunities for scholarships. There was at one point in time. I mean, we had guys that, that were, that were walk-ons playing and starting. But if you sure. look at um, our overall record, did not have a losing record. 
also was never got blew out of games. I mean, so we were always prepared for every single team we played. Um, we knew what they were going to do before they knew what they were going to do. And so yeah. we were in every dog fight. Um, and to that's a credit to Coach Henson, and that's a credit to that staff because we were, I mean, we were always good, and we were always right there. Um, if we were able to have just a couple of more scholarships, because I'd have been in the tournament all four years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more points, but, <laughs> you know, they, they didn't allow that to happen. But, no, it was great plan for Coach. Um, yeah. I learned a lot from him. He was extremely close to me. Um, as I told him before, he kept his promise because he told my grandmother that, you know, he was going to make sure that I did what I was supposed to do. And, and he did. He made sure I was in class. He made sure I graduated. And he made it where I am the all-time leading scorer at the University of Illinois. Yeah. And then Coach Collins, you know, Coach C was Coach C. I mean, that was, you know, that was my man to the day he left this earth. And he, I will carry him in my heart forever. And even my girls, my two daughters, quote, have quotes that they heard from me that Coach – that Coach Collins told me. So he, he'll he be living on with them too. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be around a lot longer. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so learning from those guys, um, I know that you have been, you know, a coach in the past. Are you are you still have that passion to, to be a coach in Division One, or are you happy where you're at with Illinois right now? And No, I do. I'm enjoying where I am right now. Um, mm-hmm. I love being on the um, on this side of the fence. The coaching was good. If I went back into coaching, it would more than likely be at like the high school level. Okay. Um, I, I want to be able to get around to see my my daughter if she goes on to play uh, volleyball. At, and she's a really good volleyball player and has some a lot of D, Division One interests. I want to be able to go see her play. Sure. So I, I that's yeah, why I left. The, right. That's why yeah. I left coaching. Well, you know, yeah. was to spend time with with my family and. To get back into that, I don't I don't know if it will allow me to spend the time that I need to watching her play. You know, eventually there'll be some grandkids in there. I want to be able to enjoy all of that. And crap, I paid played forever. So I didn't get a chance to enjoy my wife as much either. Because I need to spend some time with her, man. I'm 22 years in. If I don't spend some time with her, she might kick my butt. (laughs) That's right. You don't want you don't want that to happen. So <laughs> um, I'm gonna throw it over to Ethan. He's gonna talk about the the team we have right now a little bit, and uh, we'll just kind of go from there. So sounds good. Yeah, the uh, first thing I want to talk about is I know that you have the Champagne on Ice podcast with the uh, Field of 68 Media Network. I know you had Kenny Battle on there a couple days ago. You've had DJ Richardson on there. A lot of guys. Just what has that been like? You know, uh, jumping into the world of uh, podcasting. How's that been uh, for you? Well, it's been a lot of fun. Um, this is actually my second podcast. Uh, the first one I had was The Fadeaway with a buddy of mine, um, Eric Schmidt, who covers um, sports here, high school sports here in Chicago, which was went really well. And I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, so when I spoke with Jeff Goodman, um, who's helped start the Field of 68 along with Rob Dalsher, and I talked to those guys about the possibility of working with them and doing this. I mean, it's been amazing. Um, I, I love being able to talk basketball. Of course, that's with the radio Big Ten. And now with this, I love being able to stay around the game and keep people um, up to date on what's going on. You know, very similar to what you guys do. If I can bring some of those older guys on, keep them on the minds of of the, the fans and, and the current players and being able to bring current players on and introduce them to the fans because 
that's one of those things that not a lot of people get is that personal contact, especially not now. <laughs> you yeah. know that yeah. yeah. You know, outside of seeing guys and, and reading some things in the newspaper, you don't really get the chance to know who they are. And, and that was one of the things that was important to me when I got into this was to really be able to open up something new, a new um, connection uh, to the players at Illinois. Yeah, and uh, just before we get to the Illini, what do you think about the uh, state of the Big Ten right now? I feel like it's been at such a high level the last couple of years. A lot of people think they're going to get like 10 teams in the tournament this year. I can see that happening. Um, you have 12 really good teams. If you look at the uh, net rankings, I know Michigan State should be a little bit more uh, you know, in the top 50, but they're in the 80s. But that's for a different time. What do you think about the state of the Big Ten right now? Uh, the, the Big Ten is in a great state, and, and it has been for a very long time. I don't know if you guys um, follow me on Twitter. I posted today um, that in the 1980s, at, out of all of the teams in the world, amateur teams in the world, Illinois was ranked 31st. So if you're rocking it at 31 against all of the teams in the world, I mean, that was counting my team, Maccabi Tel Aviv. I mean, that had Real Madrid. It had all of these other people in there. And Illinois was 31st. And what has happened, especially now with the resurgence uh, since Brad Underwood has come in, is it's really boosted where Illinois is. And I will always say this, and I said it when we were bad, and I'm going to say it now that we're good. The Big Ten is better when Illinois is good. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it a lot more exciting. Our fan base is freaking incredible, so it <laughs> yeah. makes everything that much better. But I think the Big, the Big Ten definitely last year as well as this year is by far the best conference in college basketball. We're the deepest. We may not be sitting up there where Baylor and Gonzaga, you know, no knock on Gonzaga, and I love Coach Few. And, of course, we got um, one of our fellow Illini out there helping them win. But, man, they don't play anybody out there in their conference. So you have to come to the Big Ten. You are fighting and scrapping every night. This is why Michigan State will be back up there because they're going to get a few more wins and they'll be back up there in that net rating enough to be able to get in the league uh, in the tournament. I mean, so I love where the Big Ten is, man. It's It's been bump and grind all the time, even when I was playing, and it's just continuing the same way. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a freshman fan favorite, Andre Curbelo. Um, last couple of games, he struggled a little bit. Uh, we saw it a little bit against Maryland. Um, do you think that that's kind of just freshman woes and he'll eventually grow and get better, you know, as the year goes on? I think he could be a big guy to come off the bench in the tournament. What do you think about him? Well, first of all, I call him El Mago. I took uh, <laughs> Javi Baez's nickname, which is the in Spanish, just the magician. Mm-hmm. And I put it on this young man and I put it on him because, yes, I think he is. He has the potential to be one of the one of the Illini best. And I mean, the best ever. I mean, if he was to stay four years, Bruce Douglas is all time leading assist assist uh, record might be in some trouble. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that sucker's been up there for 35 years, I think. Or so. Yeah. <laughs> You know, if that if he could stay and he continues to get better, but to answer the first part of your question, those are freshman woes, man. One in basketball at this level, you're never. It's almost it's almost impossible to have a great game every game. So you're going to have the ups and downs. You're going to have the ebbs and flows. Now you take that and you compound that with the fact that he's a freshman. Mm-hmm. And you know, yes, he's going to have those. And this is the part where learning from Io learning from Trent, 
listening to the coaches will help him to continue to get better and grow as a player. Because what he does naturally, there are not very many people that do it. And, and those things you can't teach. His court vision, his speed, the way he handles the basketball. I mean, those are things that you, you, know, you can get better at, but you can't naturally teach them the way he has them. So he will continue to grow. He'll continue to get better. He's going to frustrate the heck out of some people. <laughs> sure. the coaches. You know what I loved about him was after that game, I mean, he was on the court taking shots and, and working on his game. And, and that's what I talked about on the podcast. Um, that's what you want to see. You want to see somebody that is that dedicated, that that they're going to come out and do that, you know. Um, yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, and that's what my, my high school coach, Bob Hamburg, used to always tell us, you get better when there's nobody in the gym. So he knew he didn't play well. And what did he do? He turned around and he got himself right back in the gym. I mean, that's one of the things that I'm sure he probably had before he came there because his dad and his, you know, his basketball runs in his blood. But when you're hanging around with Ayo DeSumo, it's <laughs> hard not to go in there and get your work in because that young man works his tail off more than anybody else. And he passes those lessons on to, to younger players. Yeah, and I appreciate Io came out afterwards and said, you know, I, I you know, Curbelo, I, I have complete confidence in him. Um, that's a that's a good sign of a leader too, you know. So, oh no, that's doubt. good to have. Yeah, and when your coach compares you to a mix of Steve Nash and Trey Young, which I know Underwood did, that's pretty uh, high praise for uh, for him. So. I think he's going to be tremendous uh, at Illinois. But uh, let's go to now this uh, question. You know, we know that Kofi and Io are the number one and two guys in this team. So I think going forward, you got to find that third guy as you get towards the tournament. Um, who do you think could be that guy? I know Frazier has been great defensively. He's shooting better this year than he did last year. Um, Adam Miller, I think he's been up and down. He's a freshman, too. You, you're going to see that. And DeMonte has been a consistent three-point shooter. Who do you think could possibly emerge as that third guy behind those two? Or do you think they just keep going kind of the way they are with a one-two punch and then the rest of the guys uh, contribute as well? Well, you, you have a, a three-headed monster as that third person. It's kind of by committee. But I, I would like to see uh, Trent be a little bit more aggressive um, because I think he has a lot more. First of all, I think Trent's a great player. And I think he's a big time shot maker. And I think that's why he would be the logical choice to step up as that third score. Um, but that's a great thing about these two young freshmen. What Adam Miller is going to do as he continues to get better and find himself, I mean, he, but he didn't play great the Maryland game, but he played okay in the game before that. He looked extremely good. Once he really it clicks with him and he gets the understanding on what and when and how to do things consistently, he's going to be a heck of a player. So he could be a third option. And what Andre Cabello you know, some of those little shots that he took in the lane, he gets his little shimmy on that there around that elbow um, area. They fell a little short this time. Those normally go in. I mean, if he gets those, he's easily, you know, 10, 12 points a game when he gets those little things going because he's going to get six points at least in transition. Yeah. Um, so he can be that third score, but it's really by committee. But I would love to see the senior uh, Trent step up and, and be a little bit more aggressive and, and knock those things down the way he can. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, and you kind of saw that in the Maryland game, not having Frazier in that second half kind of kind of hurt the team, just the leadership factor. Um, yep. you know, so 
I, I agree with you, Frazier. I, I would like to see him shoot more. Um, he, I, he's got a great shot and he's just got to stay confident. So, yeah. Um, so someone who's really, you know, come on to the scene, of the big 10 as a head coach is Jawan Howard and what he's doing, you know, in Michigan. I mean, that team is really impressive and uh, he's done well recruiting. I know it's a big program. I know Beeline did a great job there before uh, he left. What do you think about what Jawan's doing at Michigan right now? Well, first of all, let me say this. Juwan's a good friend of mine and, and has been for a long time. Um, Juwan would have made a great NBA coach, mm -hmm. and he will probably get back up to that level if he chooses to. So he's a great coach at Michigan. One, he knows the game. He knows the game hands down. Um, again, we've been playing against one another since high school. So uh, known Juwan extremely long time, has a high basketball IQ. He's very relatable. So when he gets his players in there, that's why he has such a good recruiting class, because those players are, one, going to understand that he cares about them. He knows his stuff. And two, he's been he's been there. He's been where they want to go. Um, but Juwan's done a heck of a job get, being able to, one, recruit, get those guys to understand that they have to play together because they have two main players, the big fella on the inside and then Wagner. Those are their two players. But everyone else feels like they are a main player and that's how they go out and they play. And you get that by having your coach's confidence and he being confident in you because you're doing your job. One of the things I think get overshadowed uh, by Michigan, they play so well and so freely on the offensive end is how well they're playing defensively. And that's one of the areas where they are extremely complete um, and where they have been really devastating when they play other teams. So, mm -hmm. I love what he's doing up there, and I'm extremely happy for him until he plays us, as I always told him. <laughs> I'll never cheer for you as long as I know you against the orange and blue. So that he, I, I wish him the best in every game except for when he plays us. Yep. <laughs> and you talk about playing Michigan. Um, I was just uh, – one of my first memories of, of going to Assembly Hall and, uh, you know, that it just sticks out in my mind so well uh, back in 1993 – when you guys played Michigan at home. Um, uh, my stepdad is a high school basketball coach here in central Illinois or was, and he took me and my brother, we were eight or nine years old. And just the atmosphere of assembly hall that night was, was unreal. Um, probably the best atmosphere I've ever been in while in assembly hall. Um, can you just tell us what it's like to, to play in something like that? And, and then kind of how the kids are playing in these empty gyms now. I mean, what that's going to be, you know, well, let, let's start from the back end first. I'm going to take your second question first. I, when sure. we first walked into Assembly Hall to broadcast the game, now I don't. I'm in a I'm, I'm in a broadcast situation on the radio. I don't need or really feel that energy, but you can tell the difference. Yeah, I mean, and it, it's very difficult when you're in that situation to create, whether you're on the radio or anything else, the energy that you'll need to be able to play. So I can't even imagine the difficulty of those kids to have to manifest their own energy from the bench right. to the, and this is, if you watch some of the managers, man, they've been great over there trying to get the team <laughs> trying, yeah. jumping up and down and, and doing whatever they could do to create energy. Extremely hard. Um, when when you have to do that. So that that's tough. And I have to take my hat off to not just to our Illini team, but to all these teams across the country that have been able to do that because this is a 
Whew. This is a tough time. I just couldn't imagine having to play um, in, in this situation. But to be able to play in those big games, man, and to have 15,000, 16,000 people losing their mind inside State Farm Center, <laughs> I mean, there's really no definition for that. I mean, you walk out there, and, and as you, you guys have the – I see the pictures with the hue of the orange on the floor – Man, it is super exciting. It's it's it get, just just gets you going walking in there, and let alone when the flames start going off, which they didn't have that when I was playing. But as you watch it now, and the introductions are going, the flames are going. They got the whole thing going, and the crowd is rocking. The crush is always on point. Man, to be able to play during those games and during those times is is truly amazing. And then. You get out there on the floor and it's like everything is gone because you're so zoomed in and you're concentrating on your player, what they're doing, how they're doing, that you don't realize um, how maddening the crowd is until there's a lull or something in the game and you need them to get loud and then it starts growing again. So, I mean, Tyler, that's amazing, man. It's I wish everyone could have that feeling. Sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Speaking of in-state recruiting, um, Io and Adam Miller were both guys that are from here. Uh, and I know Illinois kind of struggled in keeping guys in state for a little bit there before Underwood arrived. Um, just, you know, do you think Illinois can continue the run of keeping in-state guys, Chicago players, Peoria, all that stuff, the big ones in-state? And, like, you know, you have A.J. Casey in a couple of years is coming up from uh, Chicago and he's, he's a tremendous player. Hopefully they can keep him in state, but the Illinois has been able to do that uh, getting Adam Miller and, you know, IO both staying here uh, being from here. Uh, do you think they can continue that under Underwood? Uh, I believe so. I mean, and that's, that's, I have a ton of respect for Bruce as, as well as um, John, but they didn't put an emphasis on recruiting Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what Brad has done. I mean, he brought in Coach Chin, um, which was one of the smartest things I thought that he could do because Chin is extremely um, connected in Chicago. Everyone knows him from his time of working with the Fire as well as coaching at at Whitney Young and then, of course, with everything out of Morgan Park. So he brought someone that was really um, well-known and really connected to the city, and that was huge. And another thing that's even more important is Coach Underwood is up here all the time. So he's out here when, you know, well, I shouldn't say all the time, but when he's able, he's connecting with the coaches. He's meeting the people that were here. He's putting an emphasis on it. So if he's doing that and Illinois is showing how important, you know, Peoria is, how important Chicago is, then you can't help but to keep those kids at home. I mean, especially now, let's look at this. We weren't winning. And when you're not winning, kids want to go to winning programs. So now what Coach Underwood has done, especially these last two years, is really flip things on its ear. So now we're winning. We're on TV every day. We're on ESPN. We're on all of these primetime games. This is what young players want, whether they're from Chicago, Peoria, or way down in Carbondale, whatever it is. They want to be seen on television, and that's what he has brought to them. And he plays an exciting style of basketball. You know, they're getting up and down the court. Coach wants to get a shot off. You know, in our first conversation, he was like, yeah, Deion, I know last year it was seven seconds. I want to get one off in five. (laughs) (laughs) Want that, you know, because it's a fun style of play. And he gives them a lot of freedom on the offensive end, of course, as long as they put in the work on the defensive end. So I think he has a style that's fun. I think they're winning now. 
You cannot get, it's, it's difficult to get a better education than you're going to get at the University of Illinois. And then we know how the atmosphere is in the State Farm Center, man. It's, it's, it's ballistic. So I, I can't see a reason why that would not continue. Yeah, there's always a lot of big ones every year that uh, are there for the taking, and Illinois has uh, done a great job that last couple of years. Uh, one more thing I want to ask is, in terms of the expectations for this team, I think you know a lot of people preseason may have gotten a little too excited. I mean, first of all, you're in the Big Ten. You're not going to win every single game. Uh, they've lost two Big Ten games, both of which by three points. Um, they've lost three games by three points this year. The only game that doesn't look close on paper was the Baylor game, which was close until the last few minutes of that game where Baylor kind of took it over. And I think that was a great um, you know, learning experience for this team to play Baylor and to play Duke early in the season. Like, how do you how do you evaluate what this team can finish with in the Big Ten? And do you think that they can get, you know, to the final four? Do you think that we should have those expectations going forward? Um, let's start off with their losses. Um, the Baylor game, you're 100% right. That that score was closer than it was on paper. There was a three-minute, uh, two-and-a-half, three-minute run in there where it kind of got out of control, and Baylor did what great teams do is they made them pay. But if you look at the rest of that game, the 27 minutes, the 37, 33 minutes, 37 minutes. Man, my math is off. That's why I majored in political science. <laughs> <laughs> the 37 minutes other than that three, they played extremely well and they played Baylor close and they showed that, you know, not even played them close. They were ahead a lot of the time in that game where they showed that they could play with anyone in the country. Now the loss to um, Maryland, they should not have lost. I think they're a better team, but yeah. they have those lows. The same thing. If you go over to Rutgers, even though Rutgers is a really good team, those same lows and missed free throws and things like that are things that they have to correct. Can they make it to the final four? Yes. Are they good enough to even make it to the championship game? Yes. Are there some things that they still need to work on and fix before any of that stuff happens? Yes. They've done a great job at cutting the fouls down so they're not putting teams on the free throw line the way they were before. They are, you know, it's, it's like a, what's that, those saloon doors when it comes to their free throws. Mm -hmm. One day they can go 90%, the other day they can go 50%. That has to become more consistent. If they can become a 70 to 75, 80% team on the free throw line, no doubt in my mind that that will help you because every game in the Big Ten, every game in the tournament is going to be a one, two, maybe three possession game. And you cannot give away opportunities by missing free throws. So I think everyone should be extremely excited because this team is not as good as they will be. They're good now, but they're nowhere near as good as they will be. As we talked about earlier, as Andre Cabello continues to get better and continues to grow, this team will get better. We see what his impact already. Justin Madison, what happens when it clicks with Adam Miller, who is a great player, great scorer, has a really smart head for the game. When it clicks with him, that gives us an absolute beast as we're rolling forward. And, I again, I still love what Trent does. I love what DeMonte has done to his game and extending the three. Now teams cannot play us five on four because mm -hmm. you have to respect him. And two people we haven't real – three people we haven't mentioned very often, very much. Georgie Bajanisvili brings such a energy and a flow with his skill level to our team that he and Kofi can play together. It gives us variety. 
what Granderson is doing, the energies he's playing with, his ability to shoot the basketball also helps us defend all five, well, four of the five positions on the floor, depending on what they have. Maybe even five positions on the floor is huge. But who I think is going to eventually come around is, um, I'm just drawing, the, the Freshman Hawkins. Coleman Hawkins. Yeah. I love what he brings. Um, yeah. On the floor and the energy he brings out, his ability to rebound, block shots. Once he gets, he continues to get more comfortable with his shooting because he's a really good shooter from three point range. I mean, that gives us a team as deep as any in the country. And the thing is, we're leaning on three freshmen and we need them to get better. The better they get, the further we go. Yeah. Yeah. And one more thing I wanted to say about the Rutgers game was like that game was the ultimate foul shot discrepancy was like 26 to 10. And uh, that in the Missouri game, I don't think I've ever seen a team hit that many free throws that early. Missouri was like 13 for 13 in the first half. So free throws were the X factor to those two losses. It it was. And that's the thing that we were just talking about. I mean, you had had guys on the Missouri team that are 40, 50% free throw shooters. And they went up there and they'd go seven for eight for the game. And that was across the board. And the same thing with records. I mean, I don't like to blame games on the referees um, because if we don't make fouls, they can't call fouls. But the the as you mentioned, the discrepancy in free throw shooting was ridiculous. Um, and to watch how the referee, how they refereed Kofi's fouls, as opposed to you know the big Johnson on uh, I can't remember his first name Johnson on your team. And, it was ridiculous. I mean, and again, not blaming anything on the referees because I think Brad is Brad and his staff have done a tremendous job of correcting the fouling situation. Mm-hmm. But you know, this team's going to be as good as it's going to be really good as they continue to grow. Sure, sure. Um, last thing, uh, and, and we appreciate your time. Um, it's it's just a question about Io. Um, you know, first five star Illinois had since D Brown, I believe. Uh, and and his legacy at Illinois. Um, do you think he's already submitted c- cemented his legendary status at Illinois? Do you think that Illinois needs a run in the in the tournament for him to do that, or do you think that Io has proven that he is one of the all time greats to come to Illinois? Io is one of the all time greats to come to the University of Illinois, mm-hmm. and part of it has to do not even with him stepping on a basketball court. Um, when he decided to stay home, when he had multiple offers to go to multiple big, you know, program, blue blood programs, the United States, he stayed home. That's one of the things, especially after the drought that we had and the struggles that we had for him to step in and take it up on himself to change the culture. I, I thought that was something that was that puts him in that status. He comes out his freshman year. He plays lights out. He gets better his sophomore year. Lights out. Yeah. Last year, he was Mr. Big Shot in basically every game we played. And again, like, I mean, sophomore year. And so yeah. this year, he comes into his junior year, totally improved his entire game. You know, people say, oh, well, he, he can't shoot. Now he's shooting almost 50% from the three-point line as well as making it look easy. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. makes me hit. There are times when that young man is playing and he looks like he's playing against high school students. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's where his status from what he changed from when he stepped on that, well, decided to come on that campus and sign his letter of intent. That's one of the reasons I believe Adam Miller is there. And to answer Ethan's question from earlier, I think that will be what keeps other guys in the state coming because he's made the University of Illinois sexy again when mm-hmm. it was sexy for a while. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Um, him staying here and you know being being home and wanting to bring you know Illinois back to prominence. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That is a fantastic point. All right. Well, I think that is all that we have. So uh, we appreciate you joining us and uh, hopefully we can catch up again sometime in the future and um, keep up the good work and uh, go Illini. Hey, no doubt. I, what I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to get you guys on my podcast. We don't switch it up here because I like you guys' podcast. I've listened to it before many times. I enjoy it. I got to tell you this, Tyler. I'm glad you guys got me on it. How did you get that sign behind you? The Illinois, oh, is that, oh, is that in that's, the that's our logo? Oh man, man. <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> Illinois stuff's all in my. I have, I have a man cave back here, so you can't see my Illinois stuff, but I got well, some. Right, how you have that set up in the top corner? It <laughs> yeah. looks like it's like it a like, sign. I was about to say, I want I think, one. Now I think I'm gonna order one. <laughs> I was gonna say, I want one of those. Yeah. That thing is tight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we appreciate you coming, and uh, thanks for everything. So no, uh, no problem, um, We got a lot of comments saying thanks for coming. Uh, so uh, our fans appreciate it too. So thanks oh, for no. making time for us. All right, guys, my my pleasure. You guys have a good evening, man, and let's get ready for tomorrow's game yes, and go sir. online. Yep. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Uh, so thank you to him for joining us. That was great. Um, that was fantastic. Very good stuff, and thank you for the comments uh, saying the those things as such. Uh, Zachary, uh, don't know how to pronounce that last name, says, damn. didn't know it was a thing, need more of this. Well, damn right. You're in yeah. luck. <laughs> you know who that is? I do not. I didn't know if it was one of your guys, but uh, thank you for following, and thank you for commenting. And uh, Also, I forgot to put this in the screen. I didn't really want to interrupt anything and put it on the oh, screen. Yeah. The uh, L-Magan. Yeah. Um, which you know, I'm not a Cub fan, but I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> should be. Not gonna should not gonna be. say anything about that. Uh, great job, thank you. Good work, great interview, and there's your father. Thanks, Dad. Awesome. Thanks for watching. I don't think my yeah. father watched, but whatever. I'll catch up later <laughs> at some point. Uh, so, you know, I think we'll be live uh, Tuesday before the game. Um. So I think they play tomorrow at 11 and then Tuesday at sometime 7.30 or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, also, it's great be... to hear that he's a fan of our show. Yes. Hey. And uh, you should get one of those signs. I think you should. <laughs> Dude, I've got, to, I've got to make that into a neon now. So. I sent you the uh, logo that one time, so there you go. Yeah, and um, I agree with this. Yeah, uh, Dion has some great energy. Uh, he is. I've I've listened to some of his podcasts and watched some of his, and he is always just. He's just a great guy to talk. Yeah, to, so. great, and I'm glad that, you know, he's not one of those you know former players that's not you know, into the interview. He was into it, and he was great, and he yeah, gave us some great answers, and we you know little little give and take, a little back and forth, and uh, you know maybe one day we'll go on his show. Yeah. So, um, 
if that's it, unless anybody has any questions about tomorrow's game, I guess we'll get out of here. It's almost been an hour. This will be uploaded right after um, after we turn this off. Uh, hopefully, people that didn't get to hear it can watch it back or listen to it back. And, um, you know, I thought his answer about Curbelo was great. I think uh, Curbelo is the type of player that I think he's the type of guy that's going to get better as the season goes on. And yeah. he's going to be like a, an X factor in the tournament. He's going to be that guy that you need to come off the bench to, you know, get you some points and get you some, some, some buckets as they say in the uh, basketball world. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we have our predictions here. I'll pull them up on the screen before we spoil anything for anybody. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Is episode 44 predictions right there. So you have Illinois winning by six. I have winning by three. This is just sounds like, be... I'm, it sounds like I'm Vegas. I mean, minus six. Yeah. And, and then I'm the, the anti Vegas or the uh, underdog, <laughs> predictor, which is having them lose by or win by three, uh, which wouldn't cover, but, um, you know, I think this is going to be a, a typical Big Ten game. I feel like Illinois and Ohio State have played a lot of Saturday games over the years. I don't know why mm-hmm. I think that. But um, I remember, I think, when Jared Sullinger was at Ohio State. I don't know if Illinois won that game, but they, they played a tough Ohio State team that was ranked really well. And then I remember, you know, in the Big Ten tournament when Evan Turner was there, a lot of battles in that one. But um yeah. I, I don't like Ohio State. I think if I had to rank. They always scare me. Illini by 12, they're angry. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think that's, I think that's, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can talk. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's, that's, I think that's why the spread six, um, you know, teams that are coming off a loss, um, especially teams like Illinois that are supposed to be pretty good. Uh, I think that's why it's probably six, but yeah, I'd like them to win by 12. I'd like to not have to, you know, sweat about it. So I hope you're, I hope you're right. Well, I mean, you think about what, uh, how, like who, I don't really want to, you know, call anybody out here, but who, who is your least favorite team in the big 10? My least favorite team? Basketball team. Oh man. What's your bottom three? Bottom three would be Michigan. Indiana and Iowa. See, I'm like a newer school Illini fan. Like I've been rooting for the team for over a decade, but I don't have like a hatred for Michigan um, because I'm sure you were around since you're a skeleton. You were around. Well, the game that I mentioned, Illinois lost in overtime. Really good. A lot of Michigan teams. Uh, Mine would probably be Ohio State. Up there just so she doesn't get mad at me. Thanks for the blue hearts thank you for listening to the uh watching the podcast i don't even know how to say listening watching uh, hey this guy knows exactly the same mine would be iowa ohio state because i just i really hate them i don't know why yeah i think it's because i've known people that have been ohio state fans and it's like why what are you doing um and then probably indiana even though i don't really i don't know i didn't the only time that I've seen Indiana where they've really been a big threat or douchey was like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I really remember that. Iowa is the new school. I hate them now. And I hate them because of what happened in 1989. We won't get into that. Um, but we discussed that earlier. And uh, that fatso that coaches oh, at Auburn. Muck, Muck, Michigan. I like that too. Um, <laughs> a true Illini fan hates Michigan. See? I don't know how you – exactly. I I agree. 
I like the Jordan. I hear brand. things about Ann Arbor and stuff too. And um, <laughs> Michigan, I'll put them at four. I really, I don't know. I really like Juwan Howard now. I don't know why. Michigan and Indiana. See, those those two are, yeah, those would be my top two. Iowa just now because of the team they have, I would say, recently. I think maybe more just because Gars is there. But do you, do you respect Garza Michigan at all? Indiana would be top two. Do you respect Garza with his talent? Michigan, Iowa, and Iowa. I Yeah, I think he's a great basketball player. I wish he played for Illinois. but. Uh. <laughs> it's not really our style. Maryland now too, yeah, because we can't get a win. Yep. I don't yeah. hate Maryland. I agree. Actually, you know what I do? I said a lot of things about Turgeon during the last stream that it'd be a bad look if I didn't say that I hated them. But I uh, mean, let's be honest. We don't like any other team in the Big Ten except Illinois, right? Well, there's a difference between liking and respecting. Like I respect I respect respect Tom Izzo. That's why I don't say Michigan State. Um other than that, I don't really care. I don't know. I respect uh, Juwan Howard now. Apparently, it's getting to the point where it's creepy. That's I don't your know why. Thing. Yeah, you were you were the biggest Juwan Howard hater. Now I you're just, know. Now you came. If you're going to label me next to a coach that I don't like, it's Penny Hardaway, and that's just <laughs> unfair because I don't know that much about him. But I've watched Michigan the last couple weeks. I'm telling you, man. I don't know what it is. It's, yeah. it's getting weird. I'll tell you that. I say they play hard, and they play for their coach because exactly. their coach has been there. Adam knows what he's talking about. And not only did Jawan Howard play college basketball very good, and he was also an NBA assistant for multiple years before he got the job at uh, Michigan. But I don't know. I think the other thing that he said about in-state recruiting, he's totally right about Io and what he's done for the program, getting other guys to come here from this state. And I mentioned A.J. Casey. That is number one target. If you look at players from this area over the next couple of years, number one target should be A.J. Casey. Yeah. That's that's the next Chicago guy they need to land. I agree. And if they lose him to Memphis or Michigan, I'm not going to be happy. Really, if they lose him to any Big Ten team at all. Yeah. Well, um, any well, last call for questions? Okay. <laughs> Give it a couple minutes. I'm texting. Uh, Sent Dion a text to thank him for his time. Dion, listen to this guy. He just, hey, just subtle drop. Hey, I got Dion's number now. I never guy. said that. It could have been a Twitter <laughs> DM. Watch party tomorrow from my wife. I don't know, Heather. Can I do a watch party tomorrow? I mean, you're kind of the you're kind of the the person that tells me what I can do and not do. The. Uh... Yankees signing Corey Kluber. How about that? Nobody cares. How is Iowa's draft stock right now? I believe he just came in in the latest one in the 30s. Yeah, I've been seeing ones that are more late 20s. And then there's a couple that were Uh, top 15. And I think the people that put him in the top 15 are more so college analysts over draft NBA guys. Like I think Jeff Goodman had him at 14. And he mentioned Jeff Goodman, the uh, field of 68 network. They uh, founder um, who I've roasted a couple times, which I, you know, I want to say that I saw, hold on. Let me look at, I took a picture of something yesterday that had like the big 10 rankings of players. So ESPN list of top 25 had uh, six big 10 players uh, in it. Garza one, uh, trace, whatever Jackson um, four, 
Dickinson five and IO seven. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Which is crazy. Dunk contest for current Illini. <laughs> Who gets rim stuffed? Frazier. Uh, Frazier can dunk. Um, Curbello. I would say, uh, what's that? What's the Tyler oh. Underwood? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Underwood, or I would say the Griffin is uh, is that him? Probably Hamlin. Griffith. Griffith. Um, but the Griffith. Winner, the winner would be uh, Adam probably Moore. probably that uh, Puerto Rican kid that they got that is a walk on would probably get stuff too. I would guess Edgar Padilla. Yep. Who I only know because I saw some. I screenshot some. Said, "Who the f is this?" <laughs> um, who would win the? Uh, Dunk contest. Steve, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Who, Who wins? wins? Um, Probably Io. Io almost ended that dude's life. I, yeah. Yeah. I would say Io. That, uh, can you yeah. imagine if he actually finished that? Oh my God. That'd be number one in the top 10. Yeah. He almost killed that man. So, uh, Plus you got a bunch of non muscle toned players for Northwestern, <laughs> like that Ryan Young. Guy yeah. had no chance against Kofi. No, no disrespect. Obviously, I couldn't make it to that level. Uh, you know, being at Northwestern, which they are a Big Ten team. A lot of people forget it's like Northwestern. Who the hell is that? Big Ten club. <laughs> Big I know that boy made Chicago's Big Ten team them. is what what they like to say. Yeah, which is ridiculous. I mean, how many actual like have they ever gotten a five star out of Chicago to go there? I doubt it. Exactly. That's like DePaul saying that they're like Illinois team. True. Here, here's how it goes in the state. <laughs> Illinois. Uh-huh. 1,000 pounds of shit. Whoa. Illinois State, DePaul. When and I'm not disrespecting anybody. It's a watch I'm party? Saying, I don't know. She didn't answer. I'm just saying that's how I look at it. As an as an unbiased Illinois fan, which I obviously am, um, you know, that's kind of how we look at it. That's how I look I at it. I can't watch party because we have our nieces, but, I mean – if I get permission from the wife, then watch party could happen. Yeah, I mean, I I don't do anything, so except <laughs> I know a playoff game at three thirty tomorrow, but that's way past that. It'd be a nice distraction to watch the Illinois game before then. But um, you know what? Plan it. Let's plan it. Um, I will go confirm with her after we get off here because she is not here right now. So well, if we do the games at eleven, we would be live at ten forty or ten forty-five. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so it's gonna be another early one. Uh, you know, that's just that's business. You know. So. That's right. All right, that's I'm right. shutting this down. So, hey, we appreciate uh, all the people that came by today. Are you gonna time. drink during the game? I don't really drink during the game. What are you talking? About? I'll allow it. Watch party's on. Watch party's on. I mean, I was just wondering, like, you know, is, is that drink. too early for you or what? I mean, I'll be drinking coffee probably. That'll be very exciting. I'll be drinking. Uh, <laughs> Gatorade or something. Um, all right. We'll be live tomorrow morning and Monday and all that stuff. So hopefully you don't get sick tonight. Don't get sick tonight. You guys have time. seen it all. You guys seen all kinds of us. Saw us early today. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. Thank you to Thanks, Mr. McVickers, uh, of course. Appreciate Great you. last name. Um, all right. We'll be live tomorrow uh, morning for the Illini game. We'll see you then. All right. Thanks, yeah. Dion Thomas, for joining us. Very much appreciate it. He was a great interview. Great player. Illini. All right. We'll see you there. See you there. See you guys.